Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Coming up in this edition of TV Black Box, the shocking and tragic death of Jock Zonfrello. A network is left scrambling as the TV industry pays its respects. New data reveals the surprising way people are subscribing to streaming services and big stars and big programs axed by a company desperately trying to save a buck. Welcome to the podcast where people in the industry get their news. This is TV Black Box. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. This is TV Black Box, bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. And it's a big warm welcome to TV Black Box. I'm Rob McKnight. You can find me at Rob underscore McKnight on Twitter. TV presenter David Robinson is with us. G'day, Robbo. G'day, Rob. Great to be here, Bobby. I'm just so excited. (laughs) Super producer... Abby Mickelson is with us. Hello, Abby. Hello, Rob. And I am recording tonight on Karingai Land and would like to pay my respects to their elders past and present. And the viewers advocate, he's fighting for you. News Action 6, it's Steve Mulk. Hello, Mulky. I got, a, I got a new job and no one told me. Um, yes. <laughs> Hello, Rob. Hello, everyone. It's great to see you and speak with you all. Uh, I'm recording tonight on the land of the Dark and Jung mob and would also pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging even. Thank you, Mark. All right, let's begin with some serious news because the TV industry is in shock this week with the sudden passing of Jock Zonfrello. The MasterChef host and esteemed chef died aged 46 on Sunday. In a statement released by his family, they have asked for privacy at this time, sharing that they are devastated and their hearts completely shattered. MasterChef Australia's Secrets and Surprises was due to premiere on Monday evening, but will not air this week. In fact, its future hangs in the balance. The Bridge Australia is instead running in its place this week, but will MasterChef return next week? We genuinely don't know at the time of recording. Jock is survived by his wife and four children. Abby, someone came in. I was, We were doing 4BC Afternoons with Sophie. Someone came in and said, uh, Jock Zonfrillo is dead. And I went, I, I actually genuinely thought it was some kind of weird, bizarre joke mm. because my, I, knew, I immediately went, no, MasterChef's on tonight. Someone's playing a prank on the internet. You know, I, I just thought it was so absurd that it couldn't be real. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was a shock for everyone. It was really sad. I think I was struck by the timing of it all when I was watching the project last night and they said that he was supposed to be on the desk. And, yeah, as you said, it just, with MasterChef about to premiere, I think it just goes as a reminder to everyone that I think we sometimes forget that these people who we put on a pedestal and who have fame and money and what we deem as success, we kind of think that they have it all and I think it's just a reminder that that's not always the case and that, um, yeah, just care and compassion is super important. It's really, really sad. Robbo, uh, by all reports, Channel 10 it will be meeting with the family to determine what they think about the series going ahead. It's a $30 million investment. 
to shelve a series like that. You've also got the contestants that took part. I'm a firm believer that the show should go ahead and be shown because it's a one last way to enjoy the work of Jock and what he works so hard for. I can't say I'd be a fan to see it shelved. Absolutely, you could look at it as being a tribute to Jock and a tribute to what he did and what he loved doing. And, and I think that's a really nice way of showing respect. It'll be about, and I hate using the word spin, but it will be about the way it's sold. If, you, mm. if they sell it incorrectly or don't just hit the right mark of we're going to do this, we're doing it for this reason and these reasons, and this is why it's good, um, this is why it's okay, and this is why it's special. What would you do as a network executive if the family turned around and said, we don't want you to air it? There are always two sides to my brain. There's the TV side of the brain and there's the human side of the brain and the nice person side of the brain. And they often don't mix over. Um, well, they can sometimes, you know what I mean. <laughs> they cancel each other out, Robbo. Yeah, the $30 million investment, obviously, it's it's still a business decision. I think it's too early to even make that that decision. Yeah, it's it, an unfair question, if I'm to be honest, and it's a hard one for Channel 10, and I wouldn't criticise them whatever happens. I hope for their sake the show can go ahead. Bring the family in. Bring. I know you, know you said that they're going to meet with them. Have them part of the discussion. That's the, 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 the easiest be. and the best way. I know that, I know that. But don't just go, you know, meet them in the boardroom. We're really sorry for your loss. Um, you know, we'll be in touch and then release to the market. MasterChef's coming back next week. Really make them involved because I think that will get the public involved as well. That, that Jock's family, they're the ones that are saying it's okay for us to watch him. Now, 10 can't say that. I think that the family needs to say it. Mm. Family needs to say to Australia, it's okay. We want to watch him too. We're really proud of him. Let's see what he's done. Mulk, we've got the Barry Humphreys version of Who Do You Think You Are airing on SBS tonight mm-hmm. as we record. And the the thing SBS had up their sleeve was there, is, there was a good week and a half since the announcement of his mm. tragic death and this episode being aired. For 10, I they absolutely made the right call to delay a week with MasterChef. Mm. They've given themselves a, given themselves a week to sort it out. But it's bloody hard. Yeah. Look, it, it, right off the bat, I want to echo some of the comments that have been made even you know, in our conversation now and, and certainly in our Slack channel beforehand that this is just a diabolical situation for Jock's family. Um, to, to lose a dad, a, a partner, husband um, in, in a way that, you know, they obviously they, they were in touch regularly. His family were overseas um, at least this past week and are racing back to, to sort of address the stuff that comes afterwards. Oh, mate, I don't even want to contemplate it. Like, uh, you know, Jock had had his, his demons in the past and I think it's just sad that this this is where it is for him now. Um, I want to I want to offer my absolute condolences to his family, extended and, and otherwise, because that's just a horrible place to be in. And I actually want to offer my full congratulations to Ten for backing the family and acknowledging the, mm. in- like, the, just the ho- the horrible nature of... of one of their own, effectively. And I know that TV networks, particularly when they talk about talent, they like to see them as family and that stuff. Because um, they could have just ploughed on and given it a night off even. And they, they to their credit, went, no, nah, it's off this week. Um, the whole series is in the can, ready to go. And we had a reasonably robust conversation in the TV Black Box Slack channel, even just this afternoon, about what do 10 do? They are definitely damned if they do, damned if they don't around this. You can't edit Jock out of it. And I would say not that you need to. Oh, I would find that offensive. Yeah, well, if they that, edit absolutely. and edited him out, that is offensive. That, it, it, you yeah. can't do that. I acknowledge absolutely. In the same way, keeping him in there will be 
absolutely traumatic for some people. You know, people that that knew Jock well and and would watch the show themselves, and you know, I know of former contestants that. But are, we put we, we networks put um, movies on of actors who have passed away, and oh yeah, you know, but I think that's audiences. a little bit different to like this is the host of our next big reality show that we were pumping. We've had billboards, sure. the whole campaign yeah. situation. I acknowledge the, the comparison, though. I know there's a whole bunch of people, just even with the extended MasterChef family, that are finding this really difficult as well. So mm. there's all of that. And for um, you know people on the project desk and, and in Piermont that would have known Jock reasonably well within the production company that would have known Jock reasonably well, that they will all be feeling this. When it comes back to air, they can't shelve it. They, they financially can't afford to shelve it. It is too big a deal for them. So I think along the lines of what Abby said, engaging the family in the conversation to into or is it there you, might be Sorry. insurance. Oh, look, possibly, but I think I think that the franchise has the capacity, and this is what I know Abby acknowledged in the Slack conversation. They can actually lean into it as a tribute to Jock and offer him I agree. A, a big kind of almost a half hour or even just a big preview going into the final episode, sorry, the first episode, whenever it is, acknowledging the loss of Jock and acknowledging that, you know, that that's going to be real sad for a whole bunch of people and that this was Jock in his element, loving what he did um, and that, you know, in his capacity was about to change a a whole bunch of people's lives in that MasterChef host scenario. And look, in, in plenty of interviews, there were there were interviews where he talked about his mental health struggles mm. and he said, and he said, if it wasn't for food, I would be dead. Yeah. Oh, and, and he's, you know. So MasterChef would have been that escape from his demons. He's included Marco Pierre White as helping turn his life around. The fact that, yeah. you know, in, in his um, autobiography, he, he noted that he quit heroin and the last hit he took was in Heathrow Airport on his way to Australia. Um, to turn his life around, ostensibly. So it's it's uh, a tragic situation. Full congrats to Ten on being nimble in that situation and wanting to honour Jock and his legacy and Jock's family. Um, I think everybody who is a fan of MasterChef absolutely understands what they've done and, and would be keen to see the series when it does get to air, hopefully sooner than later. I can't see them delaying it too long. Uh, this is for, I think, for Jock, and as he said, uh, it's about love and passion. And mm. so if he was doing something like um, I'm a Celebrity, then we'll pull that series. He, you know, I, I think mm. that that's a kind of an easy yes. decision to make. But yeah. we're talking about something that he loved doing. And front and uh, centre. wasn't his first year. This was his, you know, it, uh, he'd been in it for a, a while. Yep. Uh, and we knew that he loved it. And this is something that saved him. I think that all goes towards being respectful in showing it. Yeah. Well, some big news out of Hollywood with word that the writers are Steve, going to go right. on strike. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, they failed to come to terms with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, which bargains on behalf of Hollywood companies. And in a statement, they said their offer included generous increases in compensation for writers. Um, The primary sticking points, according to the studios, involve union proposals that would require companies to staff television shows with a certain number of writers for a specified period of time, whether needed or not. And and that is true. I've got the documents here that show what is being proposed by the Writers Guild of America. Excellent visual prop for a podcast, Rob. Well, I'm explaining (laughs) to the dear listener that I have these documents. I, I agree that in here there are 
you know, pre-green light rooms, minimum staff of six writers, including four writer producers. Well, you may not need that one. What if you've got um, a, a creator of a show who is their own writer? So yeah. this, I, I, and that was rejected. Refused to make a counter, but there are some other things. You know, like they wanted a six to f- six five five percent for all minimums, including residual basis. Uh, they're being offered four three two one time increase to most res- re- residual basis of two percent or two point five. Basically, any ideas of treating streaming like um, proper films with residuals is just completely rejected. Um, uh, guaranteed second step, require a second step if hired for a screenplay for less than 250% of minimum. Rejected our proposal, countered by offering meetings to educate creative executives and producers about screen we- screenwriters' free work concerns. So <laughs> instead of actually saying, yes, we understand, we'll we'll educate people that you're doing free work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's the spirit. Look, so, you know, it, th- this document, it talks about what's being proposed for episodic television. And, you know, there's there's some things where I think the writers have gone too far, like there must be um, a minimum number of episodes for a series and things like that. But there are other, other elements that I think are fair and reasonable. But it doesn't look like they're coming together on any of this. And this could have a big impact on Hollywood. We know the streamers have been planning in advance. But the problem is, Mulk, that if the directors decide to stand by the writers, production is done in Hollywood. Yeah, I would expect all of the other unionised portions of Hollywood to go out with the writers. Um, And so, yeah, directors, actors, there'll be a whole bunch of people that step out with this and join the picket lines. And so, yeah, seasons will be cooked for the next even short while. Um, Just to quickly double back on what you were saying before and in some of the claims, the challenge, they weren't necessarily challenging that if, for example, uh, Robbo creates a show and turns up with 10 episodes and the studio buy it, that there needs to be an additional writing room with, you know, six people in it. They're talking about the longevity of shows, shows that are pitched from an idea that don't have scripts that need development and need writing. And ostensibly a lot of that is... um, uh, you know, sitcoms that run for 13 to 22 episodes for, you know, dramas in the same way, all of that kind of stuff. They're tra- talking about some of that ongoing bigger picture stuff so that it's not left to one or two people um, to build out. The, the the wonderful thing for Hollywood is that it is full of creative people. And when you allow slash encourage slash put the writers in a position where they need to strike, it means you're going to get some of the best written placards in the history of striking, <laughs> I've already seen. I didn't seen, know where you were going. With that. I've already <laughs> seen a couple that I love. One says, "Are you not entertained?" Question mark. Pay writers, um, and then another one says, "We just want two percent from the one percent." Um, oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> look, this this is the glorious part of it. I, I think, um, like in all things, Robert's a negotiation. And so they have put forward, in some cases, more than what they want because they know that they will settle on what they need. Sure. Uh, and I look forward to them getting even just a half, you know, a, a hint of what they want because they absolutely deserve it. You know what, though? It's time that um, American television had a reality check. You know, we've been dealing with small crews, small casts, all that kind of thing, small budgets here in Australia for a long time. 
And, uh, you know, now they've got to do it. You can't have four additional writers mm, yeah. just for the sake of You can't but get Robo, that. Like, a, that just seems to be a stupid thing. It's an apples to oranges comparison because we've done it on the cheap here for a long time. I absolutely agree. And our work has largely suffered for it. Why can't yeah, we get true. an Australian sitcom to stand up? Because we don't put enough people in the writing room and we don't pay them properly. Why haven't we That's seen true. a decent Aussie drama land on our screens that has the longevity of, and I'm going to show my age, of a something mm. like a Blue Healers or in a country Blue practice? Healers, yep. Because yep, we yep. don't throw the effort and the money at the writers to do it. Um, uh, the great thing is, though, that um, the TV black box writers, they're non-unionised, mm. so will remain on the air uh, throughout the strike. <laughs> we will not fantastic. be affected by the writers' Thanks, guys. Strike. No, no, no. They're and, great. And just they're to great wrap people. this up, basically the WGA is proposing $429 million per year in additional costs, whereas the um, the studios are only offering $86 million per year. Forty-eight oh, percent of which uh, is forty-eight percent of that is from the minimums increase. So there's minimum wage increases, mm. and forty-eight percent of what the producer, what Hollywood is offering, is that. All right. Dan Illich has just Do posted you- a photo on Twitter of he was in America during the last writer strike in two thousand seven. He went to see the Colbert Report uh, get filmed, and for the whole first segment, the entire crew, Stephen and the audience, danced. To fill time because there was nothing written. <laughs> yeah. That's fun. Well, do you subscribe directly to your streaming services or do you use third party platforms? It seems the majority are doing the latter. Antenna, a media research and insights firm, has revealed that in 2022, 53% of signups were done through third party platforms. This includes the likes of Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, and Roku devices. It's a double-edged sword for the streamers who receive exposure and new customers, but who also have to compensate a percentage of each sign-up. Uh, Abby, we see this here. If you're ever on Amazon Prime Video, you can subscribe to BritBox, to mm. Paramount Plus, through Amazon. So presumably they're getting a cut of doing that. Yeah, definitely. I I mean, it's just not how I do things. That is completely foreign to me. I think I've said before yeah, that I will just hop from streamer to streamer depending on what I want to be watching. Um, so that 50, was it 53%, 52%? That was surprising That is that the majority of people are doing that. Yeah. I, I know I actively avoid signing up for anything through Apple because they charge, they take a 30% cut of anything. So even on YouTube, if you subscribe, if you buy a membership to a YouTube channel through the YouTube app on your iPhone, they take 30% from the creator, which if you pay directly on a YouTube, on YouTube, on your web browser, the creator gets a hundred percent. So I actively avoid doing that because I don't agree with that. And I think I avoid it by not paying YouTube creators. Well, you're missing out on some good stuff, but yeah, I I think, I think 30% is greedy. I understand the need for compensation and for, something in exchange for that exposure. Um, but, yeah, it's just not something I do ever. You've got to be at the party. So my parents have a smart TV that uh, is missing various apps. So say like Paramount Plus, it's not on there, so they mm. don't watch it. They don't get it because they can't get it right on the screen there where they've got everything else there. Yeah. My TV doesn't have Paramount Plus. Yeah. And so you don't have it really. So it's either you've got to be part of this. You've got to pay your 30%, which is silly, but I want all of my apps in the one place. I'm shocked that you go streamer to streamer. That shocks me. Yeah, but um, except for Paramount Plus, yeah. all my other streamers, when the home, when I hit the home key on my Samsung TV, yes. they all come up so I yes, can just yes. scroll along. So yeah, that's yeah. not an issue. Or, no. But I have to go through Fetch for 
Paramount Plus. Yeah. For me, it's BritBox. And you notice it, though. You do notice it. For me, it's BritBox, Rob. I've got a Samsung TV in my office, and it has Paramount Plus, but it doesn't have BritBox. So that's oh. that's the only. I've got BritBox. Weird, huh? I don't have either. <laughs> that's the only. App. One doesn't have either. Of that's them. the only app that we have to use through Fetch. But mind you, look, there's a few there's a few moving parts to this. First of all, the data that we're talking about is American, and I think that the way that um, Americans are more likely to sign up through things because they are used to having boxes connected to TVs to do stuff like Roku's, like Fire TVs, like whatever, um, TiVo's, dare I say it. Um, mm. they're, they're more likely to buy into that and and be engaged in that way. I think that... So you think the Australian figure would be much lower, would, which I agree with. Uh, yeah, significantly lower, though I'm, mm. I'm guessing. Um, I, mm. I know that, you know, that, that as you rightly pointed out here, even in Australia, to get some services, you have to sign up through Amazon to get them, though they are largely disconnecting themselves as well now. It was kind of a testing of the waters for things like AMC+. Plus. You can now get that separately outside your Amazon subscription to be able to see it and use it. But you can't just go and log into your Paramount Plus account through Amazon. You no, have and to I would say well, that's a Amazon. silly way to do it anyway because the interface through Amazon is shit house. Like Yeah, but it's but I have to go to fetch to get my Paramount Plus. Sure. And I, and 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 this becomes part of the the challenge of what has become the the you know the the breaking up of everything and then the reconsolidation of everything yeah. that has meant that well okay so I, I acknowledge that I want to have let's go hypothetically a Disney Plus a Stan a Netflix um, an Amazon, and uh, I feel like I'm missing one. Something else. I want to have the top five, um, and I want to subscribe to each of them. Now, it's actually not that hard to manage that by jumping into a browser and organizing it there, and then logging into just about every other place, whether it's your television or yeah, your, your tablet device or your whatever, to keep the going. I appreciate it becomes a little unwieldy if you are in and out on things. And I think part of where Australia have it, uh, has it over America is that we are used to having to deal with that multiple subscription thing and just saying to like an Optus Subhub, oh, I've signed up to everything here, still doesn't mean you don't have to go and sign in everywhere when you need to use it. It's like all that does yeah. is handle a centralised billing mechanism and even then that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like I would offer that the Australian market is a little smarter and certainly a little more agile to be able to deal with that. I think it's just a reflection of the American market and people not keeping up. Interesting, but I will say uh, I don't want to have to Chromecast or anything like that. I just want to be able to switch on my TV, there's my apps, and watch TV. And you know what's All perfect right. for that? Your Apple TV+. Plus. Sorry, your Apple TV. Just download I the don't. apps, sign in, you're off to go. So I have to go and buy Apple TV? You don't have to. You can do whatever you want. You just said you don't want to Chromecast <laughs> it. But if you want one place, one place to do everything connected to your television, if your television can't do it, an Apple TV. And eventually, your Fetch will do it too. Eventually. Rob, it sounds like someone might be able to set you up with an Apple TV because he certainly mentioned the brand a few oh, times. I, yeah, I wish. Well, you don't have to do it, Robbo. You don't have, we're not pressuring you, no, but no. you're an idiot if you don't. That's you're right, an Apple idiot TV. If I love how I said <laughs> you could do that and it's turned into you'd be an idiot. Like, it's in 30 seconds. Have a look at the hyperbole of television, friends. Go, everybody... Go back 30 seconds on your podcast, maybe hit it twice and have a listen to how that played out because it was a thing of sheer brilliance. Marketing right. craziness. <laughs> there are, don't interrupt an intro. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> second time, Mum. Second warning. 
10. Three strikes and you're out. Eight. All right. There are big changes happening at Southern Cross Media Group. CEO and Managing Director Grant Blackley will be stepping down on June 30th. He'll be replaced by John Kelly, SEA's current Chief Operating Officer. The SEA Chair recognised Blackley as pivotal in leading the digital transformation of the group's business model to position them for the future growth. Uh, Mark, this is a big change. A sizable one, given Blackley's experience and and his tenure within the group and what it's mm. meant. I, it's interesting to see that you know the date has been set and his exit is planned and even his non compete clause has been extended as a part of it. So there's no question he's getting his couple of gold watches on the way out. Um, <laughs> I, I would offer that he's done a lot to grow that organisation and to to put a lot of effort into making it be, frankly, the monolith that it is. Um, you know, I think it would easily compete as the biggest, you know, radio broadcaster, broadcasting group in the country um, and, and chuck a little bit of regional television in on there just to boot. Um, well done to him. And look, it, nothing will surprise me in this day and age if it's like a, a big pat on the back, well done, Grant, or somebody comes out and says, oh, no, the actual reason is blah, blah, blah. I don't think it's any of that. I think it's just well done, Grant. It's time to go. People's time comes occasionally. Mm. Well, coming up, big stars and big programs axed by a company desperately trying to save a buck. An old favourite is returning to our screens and we'll find out what everyone's been watching in the TV binge box. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Content on Facebook is pivoting in a new direction with the axing of the Facebook Watch Originals and the departure of key staff. Mina Lefebvre, the head of Facebook's original content division, is one of the more than 20,000 employees in Meta's latest round of layoffs. And now we know none of the Facebook Watch Originals are coming back for the new seasons, most notably Red Table Talk. Hosted by Jada Pinkett-Smith and various others, the show had more than 10 million followers, which is not hard. Well, hang on. I, I dispute that. Did it have 10 million followers or did it just 10 get million, seen by 10 million views. people? No, yes. no, 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 no. Other way around. It actually has 11. I looked at this today. It has 11 million followers now. Um, but the episode views are actually really low. Yeah, They're yeah. like 500,000. But uh, it, it does have 11 million followers. So it would be competing with like Lego Masters and Farmer Wants a Wife. Yeah, with a worldwide right. audience. Wow. Facebook Watch, meanwhile, is said to be returning its focus to short-form and user-generated content, i.e. we don't have to make it, but we can monetize it. <laughs> yeah. However, original program is apparently still in the works with a focus on virtual oh. reality. Oh, the metaverse. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting the commentary around this because it was Jada Pinkett's show that some people believe led to the Oscar slap. Now, hear me out. So she put Will Smith on her show. She made him sit there and listen to the details of her cheating on him. There is a theory, a lot of people are saying, that Mm. he was pent up, had been pent up for a long time, Mm. and then at the Oscars when there was this moment and he he had been... um, 
basically he didn't seem like a man. He wanted to be the man and he had this moment and slapped mm. Chris Rock. I so, love blaming women for men's abusive behaviour. Oh, my behavior. God, is that what I you took that. out of that? That's freaking <laughs> ridiculous. To Like, seriously. Oh, yeah, it's her fault that her husband, like, ab- assaulted this guy. Like, let's take all the blame off the person who actually did it. And put I it don't on his think wife. anyone's taking the blame off him. <laughs> well, if you're saying that it was her fault, then you are. That ho- well, the whole I report, commentary you around that. Yeah, the whole commentary around that. <laughs> right, we've decided that this Facebook story is bullshit because no one believed it in the first instance that when anyone would watch the shit. Yes, and it was being pushed in everyone's for those two second views, and even Abby's now saying that it wasn't good enough. You know what? Nobody cares. <laughs> Facebook me. not making TV. Even Abby. They're paying. Sorry? It's just even Abby. Even, Abby. Going. even I'm saying it. Even Abby's yeah, saying it. <laughs> now I'm listening. If Abby's yeah. against it, I want Thank to know more. You. That's right. Thank you. I feel respect. like I'm being manipulated into being something I'm not. You know, you're making me out to be a sexist misogynist. Wrong. No, no, that was just funny. How very That wasn't even you. a misogyny thing. It was just funny. Yeah. Okay. I liked it. I liked the respect. <laughs> Even Abby. Even Abby. Yeah. Okay, you you get used to that. There's plenty more respect where that came sure. from. Sure. Oh, thanks. welcome to the Woke <laughs> Podcast, everyone. I'm excited. <laughs> All right, let's move on because Facebook cancelling their shows. I really don't care. In what could only be described as the TV surprise of the year, The Bachelor is returning to our screens. Well, I say it's a surprise, but TV Blackbox actually predicted this back in March when an ad from Warner Brothers was sent to us. At the time, you'll remember, they were looking for crew for a returning large-scale reality dating show, and the post included two red roses. But now we flash forward, and So Dramatic Podcast has confirmed our hunch was correct. An insider has told the publication it is coming back to 10 for its 11th season. Now, what the source does say is that they are going back to basics, searching for more wholesome contestants. So no more bisexuals, no more three men. Yeah, but maybe that's what we want, No more polyamorous relationships, Rob? Is it what we want, though, when maths is, like, the number one rated show and the trashier maths is, the more we love it? Maths is not a dating show. Maths is a drama. Maths is a marriage show, Abby. There's very different ones. So sorry. (laughs) People don't want, like classy vanilla reality tv we want the trash we want the drama i just ugh, but nah, you say bored. that the, but I'm the premier the, the bachelor um or the bachelors had mm. its lowest premiere three hundred nine thousand from memory mm. and but it was it also, also in summer for its first time ever why was that why oh. did 10 do that because they saw the series and went oh shit, there is heaps of conversation Heaps of conversation we have had and possibly could continue to have about whether or not it was going to be good. I just think it's difficult to make a comparison for something that aired in the ratings year to something that dropped over summer when it is traditionally not even used to being there. But that doesn't change the content, though. The content was shit. Oh, so the content was crap. There's no question. Winter or summer or whatever, it's going to be the same kind of thing. What I liked, though, is that it was the girls' problems, Abby, that uh, the reason it's not rating is because <laughs> the girls weren't classy. So we yes, need to get classier girls. That. We need the classier women. <laughs> classier women. I mean, have a look at Father Wants a Wife where the chicks are no yeah. classier. Oh, once again, the women. Um, look, the, the difficulty with this is that it'll be, it, it's just going to be shambolic. I still think that the best way for them to resuscitate it, even going back to basics, is going to be a guy bachelor and a girl bachelorette at the same time with guys and girls in the house. That's the only way to make I it I think go. that's a good idea. I actually liked that when you said that last time. All I time. want is no, a producer my- credit. No worries. Normal people. I've said it many times on this show. Get normal people in there. Gavin nah, Shaz, look, Robert, normal people. Down to the RSL claims to reality television. No one cares anymore. 
No, no, I think Robbo's right that it's maths. You can't judge anything by maths because sure. maths is its own beast, right? Yeah, agreed. And we want them fake. We want them furious. And we want and them Doubly. throwing plates oh. at each other. And only yes. fans you know? accounts ready to go. Yeah. Yes. But dating oh, shows like The Bachelor, <laughs> yes. people bought, people buy into that love story. That's why they were so upset with the honey badger when he didn't pick someone. Oh, how great right? and how shit and was that series? When you've had the, well, but then when you've got these stunts, it's all just stunts, right? Mm-hmm. But the problem is, Ten really needed to take a year off mm-hmm. from I think The five Bachelor. Years. Well, maybe a couple of years <laughs> at least. How long did but Ida the point is, they obviously they've obviously got. They obviously don't have a choice. You know, mm. there are limited shows out there and maybe they're just going to try again. And, and they really believe in it too because the person, the insider at 10, said, well, The Bachelor did surprisingly well online. And I thought, isn't that a vote of confidence yeah, by saying surprisingly that? Surprisingly well. We, we were all <laughs> shocked in the office. actually watched it. They actually watched this in, shit in on the fairness, internet. In fairness, 10 have talked up the catch-up numbers. Yeah, and- as they should. As they should yeah. because that is a, a growing trend around particularly relationship reality is that there's heaps and heaps and heaps of people watching that, you know, sub-genre of reality using catch-up and beef on. Yeah. All right, the feud between Disney and Ron DeSantis in the United States has heated up once again with Disney now suing the Florida governor. Now, this all goes back to March 2022 when then-CEO Bob Chapek spoke out against the Parental Rights in Education Act. It was essentially known as the Don't Say Gay Bill. Following this, DeSantis passed legislation to solving the Reedy Creek Special District. That's essentially Disney in Florida. This essentially stripped Disney of its own ability to govern its own affairs in Walt Disney World and the surrounding area. He would later pass legislation to self-appoint board members to the new Central Florida Tourism Oversight District. And then (laughs) Disney struck back with their lawyers. The board takeover, right before it, outgoing supervisors signed an agreement restricting the board to having any actual power against Disney. (laughs) Last month, DeSantis announced additional measures against Disney, including nullifying that very agreement. He also floated the ideas of raising taxes, adding tolls, building a prison next to Disney World, and building a non-Disney theme park nearby. Now, Disney has filed a federal lawsuit calling it a targeted campaign of government retaliation and punishment for Disney's protected free speech. The board has voted to countersue Disney in state court. Oh, I'm so loving this story. I am addicted to this story. What does this have to do with TV, Rob? Okay, moving on. Uh, now it's time for the TV binge box. Uh, Abby, what have you been watching? <laughs> say, what you were, say what you were loving about it. I had something to say. Tell us what you love about it, Rob. What do you love about it? I, I think, one, Disney own TV stations mm, and make a lot of TV do. shows. And I love this story because uh, a governor has tried to use wokeness to an extreme, right, anti-woke, and accuse Disney of that. But in America, you are protected by the First Amendment free speech. And you you actually can't um, target a business over anything that it says uh, about political issues. Sure. So, like, mm-hmm. Disney supporting or going against the Don't Say Gay Bill. So... There are a lot of First Amendment lawyers in the US who don't see how DeSantis and Florida can win this argument. It's going to be fascinating to watch. And if you want to see the manoeuvring Disney has done on this, Mm, um, has been, they're just pipping them every step of the way. It has just been so beautiful to watch. Can I throw a controversial bully? You go, you go, Abby. Oh, I was going to say, Ron DeSantis is just a bully and he's just, 
he has an axe to grind and it is completely personal. It's completely retaliation yeah. and it's just a massive overreach. And yeah, I'm also enjoying following along with this and look forward to see where can it goes. I, can and I, I add a layer? So, Mark, just you, you didn't think this was it. a story, but you've got something to it's say. Not, it's because it's all about American <laughs> politics and this is all a smokescreen. This is about getting Ron DeSantis on the national news because he is ostensibly going to be the Republican candidate for president. And well, so, they they actually say this is hurting his chances. Uh, well, because and, and a lot of saying that? Who is they? Who is they that is saying that? Uh, Walt Disney. Ah, so oh. the, the the woke leftist media that d- disagree with everything that the Trump slash DeSantis mechanism thinks is wrong with the world. You ask me a question, please. When I say they, mm. I read a lot of news reports about this. I follow a lot of podcasts and listen to them. So when I say they, I'm talking about journalism in general and a lot of reporting and and, um, uh, and expert commentary by people who know First Amendment law and also uh, politics as well. So what I'm saying is that there are conservatives. It was Mm. conservatives who pushed for businesses to be able to have free speech protections. Sure. Mm. And so now you have a member of the GOP who is trying to target a business over free speech. Mm. Now, they may not agree with what Disney is saying, but a lot of conservatives believe in their ability to say it. And secondly, Disney is running rings around him. So if he can, if he wants to pick a fight with Disney and he can't manage that, he's coming out looking really weak on this issue, how is he going to stand up as the potential presidential candidate? If that I, is the interesting if question. If I could just cast all of our collective minds back, look, you know, four and a half, five and a half years, when a young upstart, a man with a plan and a dream called Donald J. Trump, basically shit all over what the media said about him, and became president. That's this DeSantis is DeSantis. Is no Trump. This is no, but this is DeSantis playing the Trump rulebook 2.0. Sure. He is going for the fact that it doesn't matter that you might criticize me. It doesn't matter what you think. I am the guy that is speaking the truth into this situation. He's playing to the Trump base because Trump is never going to get the Republican nomination to be governor. And I think that DeSantis is just going to bluster and bully and buffet his way into the White House. All right, time will tell. It'll be interesting to watch. Let's open the TV binge Marketing box. Marketing your diaries, Abby, what friends. Have you been... Okay, let's open the TV binge box and find out what everyone's been watching. Abby, what has been on your television screen? Um, so I finished season two of You, which I spoke about last week. I had just started watching. I'm oh, not season two, sorry, season four. I had just started watching it last week. Um, it did get better. There were mm. some good twists. I think overall, which I hinted at last week, it's really good it's a really good story and it's really compelling and it goes in a lot of directions, but it's just crappy storytelling and that's Mm. the issue. Um, But it's enjoyable for the plot and it's just, it's a quick, easy show to watch. Um, And I've also been re-watching some of my favourite Black Mirror episodes. (gasps) Preparation for the new season. Literally, I like... I don't know if I believe in manifestation, but two oh, weeks ago. Oh, yes, you watched Black Mirror, so all of a sudden they're making a <laughs> no, new no, no, series. No, no. Abby, thank you for making this Rob, happen. that's how manifestation works, <laughs> you fuck Literally knuckle. two weeks ago, I was like, oh, why hasn't there been a Black Mirror season since 2019? Fuck I was knuckle? like, what is happening? Great so questions it, you're I'm asking. Like, Black Mirror season six, and it's like, there's no news. They haven't said anything. It's not going to happen. Literally, like, less than a week later, they announce it, they drop the trailer, and I was yep. like, everyone, you are welcome. Mm-hmm. 
So your so, manifestation went back in time to allow them enough time to shoot the series and create a trailer. No, yep, Rob, that's how, it that's how manifestation works. You speak into the universe and the universe gives you back. No. Doesn't the universe usually need time to make things happen? Well, see, the irony Have of manifestation. Abby literally manifested no, back in time. In the irony ways. of manifestation is the universe knew Abby was thinking, hey, I really think we should have some Black Mirror and made it That's happen it. ahead well, of I her knowing it. I guess this fuck knuckle doesn't understand. Oh, Abby, what's your second one? <laughs> that is my second one. <laughs> that was the second apologies. one. No, no, no. no you was the first one. Apologies. I'm, st- I'm still going. So I freaking love this show. I like. I have watched every episode, but obviously, it's every episode is vastly different. So there are a few favorites that I like to just go back and rewatch every now and again. Um, the trailer looks amazing for the next season. I always love all the different guest mm. stars that they have. And not I'm every story so fires though, does it, Abby? Some of them are great. No. Some of them have been. Yeah, but then because it's because it's so. Separate and standalone. You can just ignore those anthology ones. series. That's right. Again. You can skip the bit you don't Love want. It. Yep. Mm-hmm. So good. I have had a focus on free to air television Ooh. this week, Malk. I have actually you, went and watched the One Percent Club. Yes, I actually really liked it. Excellent. <laughs> I liked the banter. I liked the way he dealt with it. I'm not trying to be a shithead. I actually just genuinely no, no, no. Really liked and look, it. And please, just to support you in that, and in anything that I say, I don't like. That doesn't mean that it is outright horrible there will be people that love it and think i'm a dickhead that's fine if you love it <laughs> lean into it that's what i'm about <gasps> like season one Look, of the white lotus you didn't like that either no i did not like you, that terrible um, opinion i don't know that i will it will be appointment television for me every week just but watch it in five there minute bits there, uh no I, uh, yeah maybe but uh, what i'm saying is that if it's there and i'm yeah, yeah. there you'll watch we'll it get together you won't and necessarily have a drink. tune in <laughs> yeah yeah Um, It's not a date night. (laughs) The second one is a preview. I watched, I haven't watched all of it. I've watched most of the first episode of Channel 9's The Summit. (gasps) Oh, good. Um, Me too. Yeah. It's really, really good. They climb a mountain. Well, do they? Do they, Mulg? (laughs) (laughs) It's the whole point of the show, Rob. Oh yeah, yeah I hope so. uh, you know there could be a twist. Uh, it's real. I mean, it's a great production values. It's mm. got a lot of drama. Uh, at one point, I was starting to feel, oh, this isn't working out how they wanted because it seems very much on a path mm. as far as the way people were turning on each other. But then, you know, we're talking Amelia Frisk produced has produced Big Brother, Survivor. She knows how to rip the rug from underneath us and. Uh, take us on a new point that gets you back interested in it. So, yeah, I think it's a really good watch. I, I watched it as well, Rob, and I vacillated so wildly Ooh, during the hour and 20 minutes that, that is the first creepers. episode. We can't talk ads. about that. Look, just go with me on my vocabulary, Robbo. Um, I've never even heard that word. I, I, I was just at one point I thought, oh, wow, I'm really intrigued and I'm invested. So I, 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 there were times when I was writing and invested in the people and thought, wow, I'm really intrigued by this. And there were moments where I would just climb the bloody mountain. This is just like pulling teeth out of my asshole. And then well, you they didn't grew... expect them to get to the top, did you? In no, not one? at all. There's like 14 people, 14 days, 14 people, 200 kilometres to climb. Good luck to them. Um, but, like I said, I swung back and forth. That's what vacillated means, Robbo. Um, oh, I know what it means. Okay, yes, great. Uh, and, I, and, I didn't. Sorry, no, no, I didn't. <laughs> and so there were, like, I got drawn back into it. Although I think, for me, I just felt that it laboured. The Like, it, it could have been a solid hour and it was an hour 20. Yeah, but that's not Australian TV, is no, it? No, well, that's not Australian reality, strict reality yeah. TV. I think it will do 
well, depending on what it's up against. Hmm. All right. And Robbo, what have you watched? Oh, that's right. Nothing. Oh. Uh, okay. <laughs> In memory of Robbo, I'll You're take pretty... four shows this week. Thanks so much, Rob. No, no, no. Uh, no. You're okay. You're okay. All right. That brings us to I the haven't end even of done my a shows. shorter edition. Oh. <laughs> Holy shit. You summer, did you? <laughs> Hi, Bianca, who's not listening. This is why Hang you on. turn off. Hang on. I, I, you spoke so much about the, the the summit. I thought that was your show. I forgot that it was mine. You saved me having to talk about it. You saved me claiming it was one of my own. Malk, what have you been watching? The two shows that I'd like to speak about, Rob, both of them are, well, one of them is a preview and one of them is currently playing out. Love and Death on Binge. This is the David E. Kelly, um, Jesse Plemons, Elizabeth Olsen, retelling of what is now a a, a legendary American story of two um, church-going wonderful people who decide to have an affair and it ends with um, the woman killing her husband over the affair ostensibly um it's it's taylor's oldest uh, yeah look it's a story that has been played out in a few different kind of media mechanisms but this is the first time that's had the david e kelly treatment and i think i couldn't get through like more than one episode i watched the first episode and just went oh this is not for me and i'm usually right into that kind of you know let's check it out people being horrible blah 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 um and i've enjoyed david e kelly's treatments on things otherwise um, this did not light any fires for me. Now, it's currently airing on Binge. Um, the first three episodes are out. There are four more to come. They'll drop weekly. You may love it and enjoy it. I just really but, found it difficult to engage with, Robbo. Malky, what was it, though? What what didn't you like about it? It, ma- it made the central female character look far too clinical. And it, mm. it over-romanticised the notion of this affair that they were trying to have. Now, I appreciate that it may it's not factual. It's not a documentary. They've got to lean into it. And they are exaggerating on some of the, the actual stuff that is in now, you know, case case law. Um, it, it, just, it just kind of felt like it's, yeah, it, the performances didn't seem to ring true to the characters. Can I put it that way? Yeah. Hmm. And an and element of that comes out of the pages, the, the stuff that they're performing. What's your second one? The second one is coming to Thursday nights in a couple of weeks. It's a two-parter, the controversially delayed two-part documentary on Israel Folau. And I've watched both episodes and I was intrigued as much for the subject matter as, as it is for my... Um, my day job, which has me engaging particularly with a whole bunch of multicultural young people within the life of their faith and those sorts of things. And to see it, I, I look at it and go, apart from Israel Folau, and they do put this as a, as a fairly big disclaimer, he did not participate, he did not consent to any of his images being used as a part of the um, as a part of the documentary, and I suggest that was the sticking point for why it got pulled off the air last year. It... it neatly wrapped up where we find ourselves and actually what i thought it did really well was infer that it was the australian christian lobby in the background being a little bit puppet mastery particularly mark niles who's now the former face of the acl um kind of directing some traffic and encouraging izzy and his wife to fight the power so to speak um he made his own choices as a fully grown human male don't get me wrong um 
But just that the ACL's influence certainly made it a much bigger issue at a time when the government of the day were trying to get across the line this religious discrimination bill that would have allowed churches and and schools and faith organisations to discriminate based on their religious um, definitions and those sorts of things. Is it any good? I I think it will be surprising for a lot of people to see a a pretty even-handed documentary about a very controversial person. Okay. Coming from the ABC, no less. ABC is even-handed? It is, but there are many, particularly on the side, that would criticise the fact that it was even made, saying it's all propaganda. It's actually not. It's actually very even-handed. That doesn't surprise me at all. Um, All right, that brings us to the end of this edition of TV Black Box. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Abby. Thank you, Robbo. I'm going to do a quick plug. If you want to hear my entertainment reports, 4BC at 2.40 on Monday, Wednesday and Friday. I'm on 2GB and 4BC nights with John Stanley every Tuesday night at 10.20 and also on 6PR on Wednesdays at around about 4.30. Hope you can join me. I always try to put something new in those entertainment reports. Until next week on TV Black Box, we'll see you then. Don't forget, go to TV blackbox.com.au. It's where people in the industry get their news. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.